What is up, you guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Everyday MA Podcast. Your host, Cortez Murray here, as you already know that. So in today's podcast, we're going to be diving into the world of dermatology. But before we jump in, be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast so that you will know how to enter our very first giveaway on the podcast. Super excited for that, for the simple fact that this is my way of just showing my appreciation to you guys for just sticking with the podcast and tuning in and following it. So just to tell you a little bit about it so far, it's just going to be a small gift card giveaway. But as I said, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. So this is just me giving back in a way. But enough of that. We are here to talk about skin. So in order to do that, we actually have a special guest on the podcast, a fellow medical assistant herself. Her name is Alex. So um, Alex, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Let's start with your name. What state do you currently practice in and how long you've been a medical assistant? Okay, um, my name's Alex. I am 22. I am in Georgia and I have been a medical assistant for about a year now okay okay that's what's up that's what's up because I tell people all the time that I've only been a medical assistant for a year it's coming up on my year mark in April yeah yeah what about you is it around the same time um March next month okay Hey, well, happy anniversary to the MA gang. (laughs) Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So I've always been curious about dermatology. And since we have you here on the podcast, I just wanted to kind of ask you a few questions. Well, not a few, just kind of a lot of questions, if you don't mind. So are you cool with that? (laughs) Okay, cool, cool, cool. For the people at home who are watching, well, listening, I should say, and don't know anything about dermatology, what is dermatology? Uh, Dermatology is we look at, study, diagnose um, disorders and stuff of the skin, hair, and nails. Okay, okay. And was derm your first specialty or no? Yes, it's my first. Okay. My first job as an MA, I started actually uncertified, and then I got certified like three weeks later. So okay, cool. it's new to me. Okay. And did you do your externship uh, there at the practice in which you work at, or no? No, I didn't. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's um, I can't relate just for the simple fact that I don't work in a specialty. I work in a family practice, so we get like chief complaints like rash and things like that but we never dive into it as much as you guys would just for the simple fact we're yeah we're a family practice we don't we don't we yeah yeah, we're sending people over to you guys if we don't know the answer yeah all the time (laughs) exactly exactly so so tell me a little bit about the provider in which you practice under are they a physician np pa what we got um, we actually have no NPs at my practice. I will okay. work under either a physician or a PA. It depends. Yeah. I'm kind of just moving around. Okay. So would you consider yourself a float or do you have like, do you tend to go to one more than the other? Do you tend to go to physician more or the PA more? Um, we don't really have a flow. It's just okay. kind of, you go where you go. I, um, I personally work about the same with PAs and the yeah. provider, the physician. Um, gotcha. 
it's just a different thing every day. Yeah, for sure. But we thrive as well, so. Okay, okay. That's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So yeah, I'm working really closely with them every day. It's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, like, I will... So my wife, she literally does not like to hear about my day at work because she thinks it's blood and gore all day. And I'm like, ah, I really wish you could just spend the day with me at work because you wouldn't understand how cool it was and how diverse it was until you actually were there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Do you feel- there. I, tell, I tell my husband all the time, like, I wish I could wear a body camera so you could just see the things I do. Exactly, exactly. Like, assisting in procedures. I mean, just little, even the little things, like taking a vital sign. Each patient is going to be different. So it's you got to literally take it one person at a time. And you just never know what you're going to do. Yeah, get. absolutely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So a little bit about the practice. I want to know. So... What was what is the most performed procedure at your clinic that you assist in? Um, we do a, we do a lot of biopsies. Depending on what the biopsy comes back as, we do the surgeries in office. We don't do Mohs or anything. That's a different okay different office completely. But we'll do like cyst excisions. We do Botox a lot all day every day. Wow. Um, a lot of biopsies. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, uh, we, yeah. Well, okay, because I want to I want to backtrack a little bit. You say you guys do like Botox and things like that. Yeah, we do Botox and fillers. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. So like, okay. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. <laughs> I, okay, so I have to ask. Now that we're talking about this, now, do you guys like do like filler? Give me hip because I don't know anything about it, right? So, do you guys like do injections in people's lips and things like that? We do, yes, we do. What? That's crazy. They last three to six-ish months, but we do do them. And I'm like, the first time I saw it, I was like, how are you sitting still and not panicking? (laughs) I'm like... That's crazy. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, man. So you always see it on TV and you notice when people get it done, especially if the job is done bad. But like the place in which you work at, people go there to get it done. That's pretty cool. So, yes, I saw the same thing. I was like, why are people doing this? Because I've seen all the, the things on TV. It's completely different than what you see on TV. Like, okay. On TV, it's overdone. Okay. We do really natural. It looks really good, natural. I'm like, I don't know where the other people are going, but they're doing it. They're not doing the right thing. <laughs> they're doing it way wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, why don't you want to do that? Like, why are you paying so much money to do that? Yeah. And then I, I saw it, and I was like, you're just doing it too much. Yeah. I gotcha, I gotcha. All right, so I have to ask because at our practice we do, like, um, say someone comes in with warts and things like that, right? Do you guys do cryotherapy there? We do. Okay. Yes. Okay. And how often would you guys say that you do perform cryotherapy on patients? Like, almost every other patient, I swear. We do it for so much. What? Every other patient? We can do it, like... (laughs) cosmetically stuff yeah uh stuff like the words will pair the cryotherapy the liquid nitrogen with like a topical sometimes we'll just like cut them off completely we use the cryotherapy all day every day gotcha gotcha okay dang so i know we we use it but definitely not as much as you guys i want to say if we're getting someone (laughs) with cryotherapy done that's done maybe twice a month if that 
So really? Yeah, for sure, for sure. We definitely don't have that many uh, people coming in wanting to get, you know, frozen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, so um, if you could think of one question that you get the most from patients when it comes to skincare, what would it be? Oh, like the products. People are so, mm. there's like such a big misconception about the products. I can Everyone, see that. We, we see so much acne and people are like, well, I've been exfoliating. I'm like, I thought that too. And then I started working in Durham and like, don't exfoliate. Ah, Do okay. not use the like the, the acne cleansers with the little beads in them. It's yeah. just go gentle and then eventually it will it will be okay. Just, everyone thinks you need to exfoliate everything off and I'm like, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. I think it's because like commercials, like they advertise that like exfoliation like to the max. I think, Absolutely. And I'm like yeah. that is Oh. The last thing a dermatologist will tell you to do. Gotcha. See, hey, there you go, you guys. So if you're listening to that, you heard what she said. Do not exfoliate. Be gentle. And you're definitely going to see progress over time. So for sure. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And I'm interested because you guys deal with, like, skin cancers and things like that, right? Yes, absolutely. All right. So... What is the most common body part that you guys take off, you know, skin cancers on, if that makes sense? Um, the face, the ears get a lot of skin cancers. Okay. Um, the scalp can get a lot. Like, if you're a bald man, the scalp always has something going on. Honestly, like, the left side of your body, the upper body, yeah. where you're driving and get a lot of sun, always. Wow. More than any other body parts. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So there, me personally, as an MA, I struggled with kind of this question. I know for sure in school and still sometimes like I do to this day, um, sometimes I'll be thrown off guard with like a question someone asks me or sometimes even my provider will ask me. So could you, could you possibly explain the difference and basically what is basal cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma? Um, the a basal cell is really based on sun exposure. Okay. Um, squamous cell as well. It they're just different types of cancer. There's no rhyme or reason for sure that yeah. I know of. Okay. But um, there's a thing called a precancer and actinic keratosis. Those we freeze off all day with the cryotherapy. Um, yeah. Those can turn into squamous cells. And squamous cells can metastasize, move to other parts of the body over time. Basal cells really don't. Okay. But we treat them all. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Cause I I trip off I like trip myself up over that all the time. Just for the simple fact, as you know, when you get out of school, we're sub, we're definitely supposed to be studying a lot more than what we do. I know for me personally, I can't speak for you, but I definitely need to study a lot more than what I do. So it's just certain questions. Oh, for sure. Me too. Yeah. It's just certain those certain questions they get me all the time. So, um. What is the most common skin condition seen at your practice? Do you guys see like a lot of eczemas? Do you see a lot of psoriasis, uh, things like that? We do see a lot of eczema, psoriasis. Um, we see a lot of acne. Okay. And then a lot of cosmetic stuff, honestly. Mm, okay. So, hmm, I want to think. So do you guys do more, would you say more cosmetic procedures or like uh, medical surgical procedures, like the biopsies and things like that? 
we do more biopsies for sure than we do cosmetic stuff. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 All right. So those are my few questions in which I had kind of a, about the practice. Now I kind of want to ask you some questions about like your personal experience in dermatology, if you don't mind. Okay. Of All right. course. So, what's the hardest thing about being a medical assistant to you? Um, the, the assisting in the procedures, the scribing was really hard, but, like, once you get the charting down, it's all good. But, like, when you go into, like, a melanoma excision, you have to know yeah. so many little things. Like, you have to know what type of sutures your provider wants. You, I right. cut the, or I do the numbing for the procedures with, without a provider in the room. So, like, you just have to wow. know how to numb, yeah. what numbing needs to be used, what sutures, when to blot, right. when they need a cautery. It's just so, that's the hard, that took me the longest to learn. Gotcha, gotcha. I can see that, I can see that. I think, um, I remember when I first started and I was, like, fresh out of externship. I want to say I was maybe four months out and the physician who like owns our practice he like comes out he's like hey i need five cc's lidocaine with epi i want 23 gauge and uh a three ml syringe got it i want that stat and i didn't know what the heck he was talking about (laughs) oh my god i would have panicked too (laughs) i was like what are you talking about i was like what is a 22 gauge i was like we got 23 and like yeah it was horrible it was horrible but yeah yeah it was bad. It was bad. All right. So the biggest misconception or misunderstanding that patients have about you partaking in their care, speak on that. And what would you say the biggest misunderstanding for patients is about you? It is always whenever we have a surgery or whatever, I go to numb them and they're like, hey, are you qualified to do this? And I'm like, mm. I think so. Like, I've been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I can do it. But they're like, shouldn't the provider be doing this? I'm like, well, I've, I've done it before. <laughs> they're yeah. always like, you're just an MA. How, why are you doing this? I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just am. Right. No, I, 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 can, I can see that for sure. I'm actually really glad that you brought that up just for the simple fact that being an MA, like the scope of practice is, as we know, it's limited but to what we can do, but also at the same time, it's pretty like broad in a way. So it's very vague in a way, if that Absolutely. makes sense. Yeah. It's like basically if your provider trusts you, you can do it. But if not, then stay like away from it. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought when they were like teaching me how to numb with anesthesia and stuff. I was like, am I allowed to do that? Like, am I going to get fired for doing that? Exactly. Exactly. Apparently I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I remember like in school, um, our program director, Dr. Graham, I will always remember this. She was like, stay in your lane. What does that mean? That means stay in your scope of practice. Don't do anything outside and don't act like a provider. And it's like sometimes the providers will have you doing things that are like technically supposed to do what they're supposed to be doing. And it's like, ah. Yes. <laughs> so it's. Yeah. I'm in the exact same boat. I was like, am I allowed to do this? And they're like, just do it. Yeah. Like, okay, but like, am I allowed to do it? <laughs> like, I don't know. Right, right. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's that's pretty. It's pretty difficult for sure. But it gives you a lot of experience, though, because if a provider trusts you, oh, absolutely. For sure, for sure. They trust you. You can do a lot. You can do a lot. So I, yeah. I have done so. Like being a scribe 
for the provider, I am doing so much more than I thought I ever would. Yeah. I'm like, I, I don't know. No, I get it. I get it for sure. For sure. All right. So we were kind of talking about responsibility. We were just talking about how much we do as MAs, but it's kind of like um, the way when we try to explain it to patients. So my next question for you is going to be how much responsibility do you have personally in your practice? And what I mean by that is um, sometimes practices, they're starting to wean out registered nurses and give more responsibilities to the MAs. How do you feel your practice is doing with that? Um, we actually don't have any RNs, no LPNs. We only hire MAs. So wow. I'm like, it, it's all me. If it needs to be done, I need to do it. Right. Wow. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. It, it was, it took a long time to get used to, but like if the provider's in the room, I'm in that room with them. And if something needs to be done, I, I'm the one to do it. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool. That's definitely cool for sure. So yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I know like in our practice, we have one registered nurse and we have, uh, currently we have five medical assistants and one is afloat so that one registered nurse she's our like clinical supervisor in a way but the MAs are definitely doing all the work she's just there to fill in if somebody's out or um, somebody needs to go home early or something like that like the RN is not the one that's bringing back the patient she is not doing the one that's she's not the one that's assisting in the procedures like it's all the MAs so I was a little curious about that yeah, um, we have no one like that. <laughs> I wish, that sounds nice. But it's like, we have, we're, we're with our provider and we're, we're with that provider. There's no one to... Wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. She's like... Supervise us. Yeah. She's like, I cannot relate. Like, y'all are spoiled. <laughs> I wish I could. It sounds nice, but... Unfortunately, I do not have that. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> so what is the, what's the craziest thing that you've seen working in dermatology? Oh my gosh. I can never forget about this. I was, when I was really new, I had just started a couple weeks in. I was finally on my own and this really young girl, like early twenties comes in and she has an abscess and I was like, I don't know mm. what that is. Whatever. I go in the room with the provider and there's like a hole in her body. It's like two, three inches deep and we're we were packing it, giving wow. her antibiotics, doing everything we could. And eventually it was just like, we, she ended up having to get a skin graft to pretty much cover this area. And I was like, I will never forget that. Wow. Like I had my fingers with gloves inside her body trying to pack this hole. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. where it came from. Right, right. That... I'll never forget it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to like, you got me thinking now. Cause I'm like trying to think like, what was the craziest thing that I've seen in the family practice? I think, oh my gosh, we've done a lot of packing. I think the scariest thing, I wouldn't say the craziest, but the scariest thing for me being a new MA was having to pack someone by myself. And then, oh no! <laughs> and that person laying on my table. This guy had a hole. I want to say it was. I want to say it was a good, oh, man, two to three inches in diameter, in his back, right? Kind of like the lumbar area. And I had to go in there and pack that thing. 
and he was just he was so chill about it like ridiculously chill which was i was super like grateful for but i know in the back of his head this guy like he was thinking does this guy even know what the heck he's doing because <laughs> and you're also just like going confidently because you don't really know exactly so pray for the best exactly like, <laughs> that's hilarious that's, that's all i do every day i'm like pray and just go in be confident and they don't know they don't know the difference yep yep <laughs> it was funny i was like thinking in my head like yo i've only seen this done twice i like grabbed the nurse practitioner i was like hey like come take a look at this like make sure this is good before he walks out of here <laughs> <laughs> please check this because i'm not sure yeah exactly i'm like how did he even get a hole in his body you don't ask questions you just you just do it and exactly. try to forget it yep yep oh man Okay, <laughs> cool. So my very last question for you is for medical assistants who want to work in dermatology or are currently in dermatology already, is there any advice that you have for them or maybe something that you've learned along the way that could potentially help them maybe in the future? Yes, um, from, from what I've heard, most derm offices... Um, MAs will be a scribe as well. Just okay. get to know your provider, know how they work, charge the best you can, and just, just be confident with what you're doing. Don't second guess yourself. I did that yeah. a lot, and I was just like, go with it, do your best. It takes a lot to do everything. And when you do a cystic excision, just like get some mint gum or something to cover up the smell, and it's the greatest advice I ever got. Mm. That is a good one. That's a great one, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. I never would have thought of that. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I was like, I wish somebody would have told me that. Yeah, because definitely, especially nowadays when we're wearing the mask and everything, like that mint gum is easily going to cover that mask. You're not going to smell anything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, cool, cool, cool. So that was literally all the questions in which I had for you. Now that we've done, like, now that we've dove in a little bit into the world of dermatology, um, I just, first of all, I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast. You've been amazing. It was a pleasure chatting with you, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Oh, of course, yeah. For sure, for sure. But for the listeners at home, if they want to get in touch with you in any kind of way, maybe ask for advice, maybe some questions that they might have, if so, where can they follow you at? Um, I have a Facebook and a Snapchat. It's really the only social media I do have. I gotcha. I gotcha. So what's your Snapchat? What's your Snapchat? It is um, A-L-I-X-D-A-R-E-8998. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So you heard that, you guys. If you didn't get it on the first time, be sure to just rewind it. I'm pretty sure you'll get it. Um, so yeah, thank you again for being a part of the show. It was great. But for of course, the, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. And for you guys that are listening at home, if you've made it this far, I want to thank you for sticking around. So now let's talk about this gift card giveaway, right? So I'm going to be giving giving away one free $15 gift card to Starbucks. As healthcare professionals, we are always looking well working i should say long hours and constantly on our feet so think of of this as kind of uh, me giving you a free venti iced coffee or something right just to show my appreciation to you guys and anyone can win this this is not subject to just medical assistance but everyone who tunes into the podcast and enters can win it so how do you win it 
The only thing that you have to do is share the podcast on your social media and follow my Instagram. I just made it, so um, don't have a whole bunch of stuff on there, but the Instagram is I am Cortez Murray. So I am C-O-R-T-E-Z-M-U-R-R-A-Y uh, to win. That's literally all you have to do. And as soon as you do that, comment under any photo of mine telling me that you did so, so you can be entered to win. I'm going to pick a winner at random the first week in March to receive the gift card. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be sharing it on my Instagram story. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, that's going to actually conclude today's podcast. Alex, anything else you got for the listeners at all? can't think of anything it's all good it's all good so okay cool then if not then thank you guys for tuning in to the everyday ma your host cortez murray special guest alex thank you again for being on and i will catch you guys on the next episode peace out you guys